This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Welcome on in to another episode of Fantasy Football Intervention. Get excited, guys. This is going to be a quick episode. We're going to go over news and notes because there are a ton of things that happened this past week, a few different injuries, decisions that the New York Giants are going to have to make. We'll see if it happens this week. We're also going to discuss the Monday night lineup, different players that we're looking at for that, try and put some more money in y'all's pockets just like we did last week. So get excited to make some money. I want to give a huge shout out to Chicho's yesterday. We did our daily live fantasy football there. It is completely free. Huge shout out to Wade and Octavia that won the gift cards. Congratulations, guys. Hopefully we'll see you again next week. We will be there every single Sunday, guys, doing free daily. It's super easy. Anybody can play. Come on by and play some free daily fantasy football. Win some Chicho's gift cards. We're going to go ahead and get this episode started with the news and notes. We're going to start out with the first Hall of Fame quarterback news for this week. We have three big ones, which I'm sure you guys have heard a little bit about. We're going to start out with Eli Manning and Pat Shermer not guaranteeing that Eli Manning will be starting this week. So obviously there's a competition there between Eli and Daniel Jones. But after two games, I don't know if Shermer will actually make that move. He said that they would have to be out of playoff contention. And Eli Manning has not, or Eli Manning has not had any wide receivers. We'll, we'll dive a little bit more into that when we come to the injury news and notes. But Eli Manning has literally been playing with Evan Ingram. That's the only starting receiver on his team that could start for another team. All these other players are rejects, cuts. He has not had the players necessary around him. We knew that was going to happen. I think that they give Eli Manning a little bit of a longer leash. I just think that they are trying to use the scare factor with Eli Manning. So that way, everybody steps up their game knowing that their jobs are not safe. So we're going to keep a closer eye on that as we go. Up next, we have Drew Brees out with a hand injury for six weeks. He did have surgery on it. They expect him to only miss six weeks. Now, I really like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a very solid quarterback. I think he's a great backup quarterback, solid starting quarterback. I don't see that big of a downgrade with Teddy Bridgewater for Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, and Alvin Kamara, except for the schedule. This schedule is semi-brutal. They got to play the Seahawks next, then the Cowboys. They got an easy game up against the Buccaneers. But then they have the Jaguars, the Bears, and then they finish it up with an easy one against the Cardinals. But four out of these next six games, they're playing top-end defenses. That scares me tremendously when it comes to the downgrade of Bridgewater versus Drew Brees. But don't freak out. Don't sell your players. They're going to have a few bad games. Just keep in mind when you're going up against the Jaguars, especially Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara might be 
flex or even bench options with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. We have to see how it goes. We have to see how he plays out. Like I said, I like Bridgewater, but there's definitely going to be a gap between Breeze and Bridgewater. Don't fool yourselves. Just keep an eye on how it goes and don't assume their automatic starts in four out of these six games. On to the next quarterback. We have Ben Roethlisberger, and this is huge. Ben Roethlisberger ended up hurting his elbow, has to have surgery. He is definitely out for the season, but if this is Tommy John surgery, he could be out for much, much longer than the entire season. Don't forget, Ben Roethlisberger was contemplating retirement less than a few years ago. He was thinking about retiring, leaving the NFL. Now, if he has a surgery that requires him to be out a year plus and he's in pain while having to rehab this to get back into football shape, I would not be surprised to see Ben Roethlisberger retire from the NFL. I don't care if that's a hot take. I'm taking that take. I would not be surprised to see Ben Roethlisberger retire from the NFL if it takes him past this season to rehab that elbow. Especially, especially if Mason Rudolph comes in and ends up playing like he did this past week. Ben Roethlisberger did not look good. He did not look good in the first six quarters that he's played. Mason Rudolph comes in and throws two touchdowns. If Mason Rudolph plays as well as he does, Ben Roethlisberger is hurt and is in pain while rehabbing. The Steelers might put a little bit of pressure and say, hey, Ben, it's okay. We have a replacement for you. Just go ahead and take the rest of your career off. We appreciate everything you've done. And Ben might be happy doing that. Don't be surprised if Mason Rudolph is now the starting quarterback of the Steelers, not just in 2019, but 2020 and beyond. And all you Vance McDonald's owners, I know you want to celebrate because he is throwing to Vance this past week, two touchdowns, bunch of yards. Good job, Vance. All right, so on to our other news. Devin Singletary had a great takeover. He's pretty much the starting running back for Buffalo, so great job if you listened to me and picked him up prior to the season or even after week one. He ended up limping off the field late, and the Bills went over the Giants. If this is a multi-week injury, Frank Gore is going to be the go, but I'm extremely, extremely interested in TJ Yeldon being that passing down back. David Johnson says that he should be all right with the entry. He ended up leaving for a few series and returned. If he does miss work, then Chase Edmonds does take over, but I mean, I, I don't see David Johnson missing any time. James Conner ended up hurting his knee. We have to wait to see what the MRI says. If he does, man, Jalen Samuels, another hot pickup from the waiver wire. Jalen Samuels is a full go and a full start if he does take over for Conner. Michael Gallup is going to have surgery on his meniscus. He's going to be out two to four weeks. Randall Cobb will probably end up making up for the majority of the snaps that are missed. And then they have, don't forget, Devin Smith, who went off that speedster who just burned Josh Norman on multiple different occasions and probably could have had more touchdowns than what he had. I could see Devin Smith playing that outside role that Michael Gallup is playing, which actually scares me a little bit because if Smith ends up succeeding that role, he's going to end up cutting into Michael Gallup's work. And I'm a huge Michael Gallup truther. That scares me a little bit. Traquan Smith, he had his leg rolled over on after reception. We have to see if he ends up missing time. If he does, I'm not, for, you know, I wasn't really starting Traquan Smith outside of like DFS leagues, but look at an increase in snaps in Ted Ginn. Ted, Ted Ginn is definitely worth owning and playing in a lot of situations, even with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, if Traquan Smith does miss time. Both the Chiefs running backs, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, went down in late game injuries. Damian Williams is saying that he has a right knee contusion. 
If it's just a bruise, then he's probably gonna end up playing. He might not practice, but he probably won't end up playing. So keep that in mind. Don't be too scared to play Damian Williams because now he will take up for LaShawn McCoy snaps as well. But LaShawn McCoy ended up with a ankle sprain. We don't know the severity of it yet. That's a little bit of a sticky situation. Ankle sprains will typically hold you out. That is not good. Keep an eye on LaShawn McCoy. He scares me way more than Damian Williams injury. If either one sits or both sit, Darwin Thompson is now back on the fantasy football radar. He could end up coming in and having a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Don't forget, Andrew, you love this kid. He did extremely well in preseason. Yes, he's a little bit undersized, but if they use him for 15 touches a game, he could end up going off for over 100 yards easy. Keep an eye on Darwin Thompson. I'm definitely going to be making a waiver wire claim for him just in case Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy sits. It doesn't have to be both. It could be either one because he's still going to get some touches in there. And if it's 12, 15 touches, that's extremely, extremely valuable in a Chiefs offense. Now, when it comes to injuries, I'm sorry all you Philly fans out there because this one is a big one. Their entire training room was completely slam-packed by the end of this contest. Dallas Goddard ended up going out along with Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Carson Wentz and Nelson Aguilar were both checked for concussions. They both ended up returning, so they're both safe. But if Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, and Dallas Goddard end up missing time, Zach Ertz is an immediate upgrade, but you guys are starting him anyway, so I don't need to talk about it. There's a combination they're going to use of Aguilar, Mac Hollins, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to come in and fill those roles. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was drafted originally to end up taking over for Alshon Jeffrey, so keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, Matt Collins, who's a little bit more of a speed guy and Al Galore in the slot, will end up doing a combination to fill in for Deshaun Jackson. We'll see what happens with that. I'm not going to consider Al Galore or Matt Collins relevant, even if they do take over for Deshaun, until I see who's going to be taking the majority of those snaps. However, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, even though he's a rookie, could be a dart throw that pays off extremely well, especially in DFS if his price does not come up and Alshon Jeffrey misses time. Keep that in mind while setting your fantasy football lineups this upcoming week that J.J. Arcega-Whiteside could be a great buy for DFS. Joe Staley also ended up going out. I believe he's on the IR, so that could affect the passing game for San Fran and especially the running game. So that's going to finish it up for the news and notes for you guys. Make sure y'all tune in tomorrow to hear where I got things wrong, where I got things right, and all of my takes. I definitely criticize myself and my own takes to make sure that, hey, I need to know why I got things wrong. You guys need to know why I got things wrong as well. I'm going to explain myself and go over different situations in tomorrow's episode, so tune in for that. Into our next segment, we're just going to be talking about daily fantasy and which players to play tonight, which players to sit. So let's get this rolling. All right, so now on to our DFS and our lineups for that. This one is definitely going to be a roll of the dice this week. It's a little bit tricky with certain situations, but when you break down the numbers, you look into it, you can definitely find who is going to get value this week. And the biggest thing is last week when the Browns ended up playing the Titans, their pass defense was actually pretty solid. They were poor against the tight end, but they were great against the wide receivers. Now that has a little bit to do with Marcus Mariota, and we saw the real Marcus Mariota stand up this week. It was pretty brutal for him. But last week when the Titans played him, the wide receivers only caught four out of ten balls. That's insane. That's awesome. Four receptions for the wide receivers. That's nuts. But I think things are going to be a little bit different this week. They only targeted 
Adam Humphreys in the slot one time. They were primarily going to the outside to Corey Davis, who had zero catches on three balls. And you know why that was? Because he was shadowed by Denzel Ward 81% of the time. Then you had A.J. Brown, who didn't do too much better. He had better reception percentage, but he went three for four. I think that Denzel Ward is going to be honed in on Robbie Anderson so that they can't get beat deep. You might as well scratch Robbie Anderson off of your daily fantasy rosters. Do not play Robbie Anderson tonight. On the other end of the spectrum, the other wide receiver positions actually offer a little bit of upside. Yeah, the Browns were great last week, but they definitely showed some vulnerability. They could end up going to Maris Thomas on the outside, who's probably going to be matched up with Greedy Williams for the majority of the day. You know, maybe the, the savvy veteran has some moves that the rookie has not seen and breaks off a big play. So if you want to roll the dice, go for Demarius Thomas. But I'm banking on Jamison Crowder this game. The cornerbacks that played in the slot last week ended up allowing three out of four catches. That was Terrence Mitchell and TJ Carey. I think that Jamison Crowder goes off. I'm definitely playing him in my bonus position this week. I think that he has the most potential to have a big game, and not that many people will have the gonads to put Jamison Crowder in that bonus role. So I'm going to be taking Jamison Crowder. When it breaks down to the running back position for the Jets, I think that Le'Veon Bell could end up having a huge game. They allowed 123 yards on the ground to Derrick Henry along with a reception for 75 yards. If Le'Veon Bell gets opportunity, which I'm sure that he will this game, he could end up easily breaking off a big one and taking it to the house up against the Browns this week. So Le'Veon Bell is definitely a play for me. When it comes to Trevor Simeon, if he uses the tight end and the running back position and the slot, then Trevor Simeon could have a very successful game. However, Trevor Simeon likes his outside targets. I hope he doesn't end up trying to launch them and then get picked off by Denzel Ward. I, I just want Trevor Simeon to play a smart, safe game. If they play that, not only do the Jeffs have a shot, he has a shot to become a fantasy-relevant quarterback for DFS. His price is extremely cheap considering he's a quarterback. He only has $12,500 for Trevor Simeon. So if you want to pay, play some of those bigger players, such as Odell Beckham, Landry, Le'Veon Bell, Nick Chubb, you're going to end up having to go with Trevor Simeon over Baker Mayfield, which I don't think is that insane. I mean, you're saving $2,500 on FanDuel if you go with Trevor Simeon over Baker Mayfield. So Trevor Simeon, in my opinion, as long as he plays smart, is a safe play. He doesn't have the upside, in my opinion, that Baker Mayfield has, but that $2,500 can go a long way towards putting together a great tournament roster. When it comes to Ryan Griffin, Trevor Simeon is not known for using the tight end position. In fact, Howerman or however you say his name for Denver, back when Trevor Simeon was playing in 2017, barely used him. He was outside the top 30. He did have a couple big games, but mainly it was because he broke big plays. It was literally only two games, though. He finished up the year with two touchdowns. So the Browns gave up a ton, a ton of plays to tight end this past week. They allowed six out of seven passes to be complete to Delaney Walker or Jonu Smith. So if Trevor Simeon does decide to use the tight end like he should do up against the Browns this week, then Ryan Griffin could have a great, great game. He is my dart throw if I need a cheaper player to tag in that position. But just keep in mind, Trevor Simeon does not, does not use the tight end on a regular basis. I hope he does this week. If we bounce over to the Browns side, I have a little bit more clarity over here. It's a little bit of an interesting situation with Baker Mayfield and how they didn't perform last week. But you still have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Joku, Nick Chubb. There's a couple hidden gems in here, which we're going to discuss as well. Baker Mayfield is an excellent, excellent opportunity to start. The Jets did a decent job with Josh Allen last week. 
but he still ended up topping them, mainly using John Brown, which I believe Odell Beckham fits into that John Brown role. John Brown went off last week, putting up over 123 yards and one touchdown. I think Odell Beckham actually bests that this week. For the other wide receiver positions, this is where it gets a little bit cloudy. They only allowed five out of nine receptions to Cole Beasley. That's pretty solid. He only went for 40 yards. So is that going to be the Jarvis Landry role or is Jarvis Landry going to play more of the Zay Jones role? Well, I don't think it matters too much because Zay Jones only went two receptions for 18 yards on four targets. The biggest question for this, was this a product of Josh Allen not getting rolling and the whole entire Bills offense just being a little stagnant? Or is the Jets defense just that good against the number two receiver and the slot receiver? We're going to find out this week, but I'm probably not going to be playing any kind of Jarvis Landry. And although Rashard Higgins is a little bit tempting, if he's healthy, if he's in the game, I'm still probably not going to be looking that way. If Rashard Higgins is out this week, we already know that there's no Antonio Callaway, so I believe that Taiwan Taylor would be that third receiver. He can stretch the field. He could be a dart throw for a big play, but I'd rather place my chips in other places on the offense if you're not going to be putting in a significant amount of teams into this DFS matchup tonight. When it comes to the running back position, I think Nick Chubb can redeem himself this week. Devin Singletary came to the game for the first time with six minutes left in the third quarter. And in a quarter and six minutes, he ended up putting up over 70 yards rushing on four carries and had five receptions on six targets for 28 yards. There could be some damage done there, especially with Le'Veon Bell. Frank Gore didn't do too hot having 11 carries for 20 yards. But I think that Nick Chubb has a little more juice than that. I think he's closer to the Devin Singletary level of play. I could see Nick Chubb having a huge game as well, especially for a game that they're going to want to control the clock and control the possessions. I think that Nick Chubb has a significant chance to redeem himself, along with the Browns having a significant chance to redeem their team and save their entire season. This is a big week for the Browns. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, yes, he's $2,500 more than Trevor Simeon. But if I'm putting together a cash lineup, I'm definitely going to be playing Baker Mayfield over Trevor Simeon because I can find my value in guys like Ryan Griffin, who, you know, hopefully Trevor Simeon uses. For the tight end position, this is a little bit tricky. The Jets last week allowed Tommy Sweeney to get two receptions on two targets for 35 yards, so obviously that's not fantasy viable. Is that just because of the fact that Tommy Sweeney is terrible or the fact that the Jets took away the tight end? I'm going to lean more towards Tommy Sweeney being terrible. So does Njoku actually go off with C.J. Mosley being out? Njoku could be a very, very fun play this week, especially in the red zone. Hey, if they end up putting as much as they can and load up against Odell Beckham, and let them try and beat him with other spots in the field. And Joku could be a recipient of this and pay out big. So Joku is definitely a potential start for me, especially if I'm going with tournament plays. So my number one buy when it comes to value is definitely going to be Jamison Crowder. In 2019 and in 2018, Denzel Ward only traveled into the slot 4.9% of the time. So he's not going to be playing in the slot. I want Jamison Crowder. They're going to lock down Robbie Anderson. And Jameson Crowder is going to get peppered with targets, which brings to my next player that I do not want, and that's going to be Robbie Anderson. Keep him off of your rosters. My second best value play is going to be Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon's interesting, and I think he's a great value. So, hey, you can pick him up, and he could do some big things for you for little amounts of money. If I'm playing Trevor Simeon, I'm definitely going to make sure that I have Jamison Crowder on the roster. And then my third best value, as long as he plays, Demarius Thomas at 6,500. That's my hidden gem. He played with Trevor Simeon back in Denver. They already have a connection. Yes, he did not practice this week. But Trevor Simeon knows what Demarius Thomas can do and what he can't do. 
he could end up targeting Demarius Thomas huge. And like I said, Demarius Thomas goes up against the rookie. So if I'm going this route, I end up picking up Jamison Crowder at 12, Trevor Simeon at 12-5, and Demarius Thomas at 6-5. That's going to end up leaving me with 14,500 left per, per position. So I could end up going with a Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham stack, which would probably be the smartest way to go. But I'm going to go over a few other options for you. You have Le'Veon Bell. And if you believe that the Jets end up putting up enough offensive points, you better believe that the motor behind this offense is going to be the Jets. So, hey, Le'Veon Bell is definitely an option here at 14-5. Then you could end up stacking a Le'Veon Bell along with a Nick Chubb and try and ground up the clock. Or you could stack Le'Veon Bell with Odell Beckham because if the Jets get the usage that I'm suggesting and that this lineup suggests, then Odell Beckham is going to have to have a big game in order for the Browns to either be in it or be up. So it's not a bad idea to stack Odell Beckham along with Le'Veon Bell for an offensive driven game. So my choice between all these stacks are definitely close. I would love to play all these guys, but I'm just going to have to go with the Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham stack and just hope that this is a pass happy game and hope that all my stars come through. So I have Jamison Crowder in my bonus position just because I think that most people are going to end up having Le'Veon Bell, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, or Odell Beckham in those bonus slots. I want to be different if I'm playing tournament-style fantasy. If all these players do end up going off, even if Jamison Crowder doesn't go off as big as Odell does, I'm still probably going to end up winning money. But if Jamison Crowder ends up having a huge, huge game, that could end up being Huge fantasy points for me in that bonus position, but very few people are going to do it. So you have a higher chance of actually making bigger money when you go with something different than anybody else does. That's what I'm going to be doing this week with this lineup. On the other end of the spectrum, I did a different lineup where I took a shot in the dark and tried to take as many uh, stars as possible. This is going to be a lineup to where if the Browns end up going up early and try to run at the clock, Trevor Simeon does not have a good game. And you think that the Browns are really going to dominate this? I have Odell Beckham up there in the point and a half slot. I have Baker Mayfield, Ryan Griffin, the Jets tight end, where if Trevor Simeon plays safe, he could end up going off big, along with Nick Chubb and Jamison Crowder on that lineup. That's a lineup where, hey, the Browns go up big. They're just trying to grind at the clock, like I said. And the Jets play it safe throughout the first three quarters of the game and try to use their outlets as options. So this is going to be it for me, guys. Thank you for tuning into Fantasy Intervention. I love doing these daily ones for you guys. They're quick. They're easy. They're painless. Make sure you guys play tonight. Let me know if you guys win any money. If you guys do win some money tonight, please leave a five-star review for me on the podcast. I always appreciate that. Leave comments for me. Those go a very long way. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. We're working on Stitcher. We're working on iHeartRadio as well, so we'll see if we're on those very shortly. We also have a Patreon account that we are developing for daily to help you guys make money. If you guys want to help us out a little bit, just go to patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. So if you guys want to go on there and just leave us a dollar. Hey, every dollar counts. We really appreciate it, guys. Make sure you guys tune in for tomorrow's episode. I'm just going to go through where I messed up and where I hit it big. We're going to talk about a few different things of why I could have messed it up and if it's going to continue for next week. But we appreciate you guys for tuning in for this episode, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. Hey, my That's how you bang a podcast.